Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson-Hunt, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the heart. Hi, oh, hello, Joshua. Mary. Oh, that was a tie. I, I loved know. it. <laughs> how was your week? It was fantastic. Um, you know, I work with a lot of families and children and um, sometimes I meet children that, and I ask them, what do they like to do? And they'll say that they like to draw or they like to play their instruments because they're in fourth grade and learning one. And uh, I'll say to them, why is art important to you? And they'll look at me like, huh? <laughs> and so They won't um, know how to answer it? Well, no, because I don't think that they associate at the time perhaps playing, learning to play piano or mm. drawing is necessarily what they call art, which mm-hmm. is maybe... Um, I'm not sure. You know, they're they're young. It's something I'm starting to be interested in, which is what leads me to a question I thought I'd ask you on the air. Oh, and what is that? Well, uh, if a child were to ask you what is art, what would you what would you say? How would you define it? You know, that's interesting. I think I would define it differently today than I would have maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, but art is really any way to express who you are and the things that you love and what. makes you as a, as a child. Like I could tell my 10 year old niece that anything you do, whether it's playing the piano or acting or drawing or uh, creating something out of construction paper or making Play-Doh with multiple colors, you know, any of those things represent who you are and it's an expression of who you are. And I think that's really what art is. I mean, art is creativity and there's so many disciplines of the arts, but I think at the end of the day, it's really a chance an art is expressing yourself expression yeah i think it's also an intention jason and i were talking about this the other night i think sometimes when you have an intention uh, whether it's to create beauty or an experience or to elicit an emotion um, however you do that it starts with that intention to want to make that kind of change and that difference Mm, i love that and we also talk a lot about on the show just the, the the idea of art and not doing it for art's sake. We say it all the time. I say it all the time here. And I think that's another thing that's so beautiful about art is that it does open up doors of conversation. It does help us dive into worlds that we would never experience mm-hmm. before and be comfortable in that space. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure there's so many times that Jason has sketched or penciled something that a world he would never exist in. But he was able to live in that moment or live in that world because he was able to draw it. Yes, he had his own experience he of it while doing it. He had his own experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. And I don't know if that's a good answer for a seven-year-old. But <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it is about expressing yourself. Yes. And we, we sometimes put the word art in a box. We really do. We think art is playing the piano or it's dancing or it's acting. And I think why I say my, di- my answer would be different today than mm-hmm. it would have been seven or eight years ago is that art is so much more than that. Really, art is anything that you do that you're able to express yourself or express something. Mm -hmm. And that looks very different for every single person. And so I don't think there really is a definition to art. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, What do you think? Well, I I think I go back to also intention. Uh, Like how how it is you wish to express yourself and what it is you wish to express. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, it's... See, I think we're creating art right now 
the art of conversation. Here, here. We're uh, we're improving. <laughs> that's what I wanted you to say. No. <laughs> we're volleying this back and forth, and mm-hmm. I think it is art. It's a conversation. Yeah. All art is a conversation. The artist to the viewer, and the viewer to themselves and to others, and. Well, Mary, although I love having conversation with you, we do have three other people here at the table today. Well, we'll get to ask them this question, too. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we are so happy today to have some of the leadership from and the founder of Central Florida Vocal Arts. We have Teresa Smith-Levin, who's the chief executive director, and we have Keith Newhouse, who is the director of development, and Sean Duncan, who is the technical director. Welcome, guys. Thank Thank you for having us. Oh, we are so excited that you're on the show and you guys have been doing some really great work in our community. And Teresa, you are the brain behind (laughs) all of the beauty, right? Like you created this thing. This is your baby. Tell us why Central Florida Vocal Arts got started. It's very interesting because I'd love to say that I had this grandiose plan and and I worked it through and then I I decided that we were doing this, but that would be an absolute lie. Um, (laughs) What happened was I was cast in a a production of A Mall and the Night Visitors as the mother and one of my students was cast as a mall. And we'd been working on it for months and months and and preparing for that. And this was in a production out in Claremont. And um, they ended up canceling the production because they couldn't get the men that they needed for the show. It is a male-heavy uh, operetta. And I went to bed that night and I, I was like, okay, well, you know, there are other opportunities. We'll be fine. And I woke up in the middle of the night and with just this impulse that I had to do it. And so I, that has never happened at any other point in my life. And so I got up and I, so I lived in Baldwin Park. I walked downstairs to my kitchen and I sat there with a sheet of paper. And I was like, all right, could I cast it? Do I have enough contacts to cast it? Okay, I do. I could do that. And then how would I fund it? Could I figure this out? Yeah. And then I have these contacts at these different churches. Could I get these different venues to host it? I think I could. It's a Christmas operetta. That would work. And that was basically it. And I filed for my 501c3 paperwork the next day because I knew if I wanted to fund it and I wanted to get donors that I would need to get that in place as soon as possible. And that was in um, maybe late September, early October. And uh, I got the paperwork back. They approved it. I cast it. We went through and we did it. And then I got done with it. And people basically said, okay, well, what's next? And I wasn't sure what was next. And so started forming a a board of directors, which ended up being what we could think of as our officers today, a sort of working board who sat down and helped me sort of conceive where this went from here. And I'm a voice teacher, and um, I knew that we wanted to work with children. And so we had this idea of doing the Summer Institute, where we would work with children and train them in um, classical vocal arts, but also infusing more contemporary styles. And I love what we were talking about at the beginning, what is art? Art does not need to be limiting. If anything, it needs to open new doors. So finding a way to incorporate this training into new and different avenues. And so that was the first big endeavor we did. Then we did a fall production. And then we did a fundraiser out in Christmas time. And then we started doing fringe festivals. And then we started doing bigger things. And then we ended up taking over another opera company, Orlando Light Opera. And here we are today. So there's so much more in between there. Yes, but it it was like getting on a train and just riding the thing. It just took off. And it's been very exciting, wonderful adventure. It's time had come and you seized it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just seized the day. Yes. We've been friends for a while. And and we founded our organizations about the same time. Yes, Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, that was the story that literally you were in a production 
it's that's all it was. And I think people think that I had this great plan, this great vision, and I really didn't. It was just I thought I want to do this and I felt the need to do this. And I just jumped overboard feet first. And um, then I figured out how to swim and, and get to shore. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And so um, I, I look forward to the day when, you know, I'm doing this full time I because I, I voice teach and I do a lot of that. And so this is always, you know, I'm between lessons and I'm typing right. grants and I'm getting done at Dr. Phillips. I'm making a phone call for this interview. And it, it's all of these different things that we do. And I'm so lucky to have these amazing board of officers that are sort of the same way. And I can call and say, hey, can you pick up this one? Can you do this one? Da, da, da. And um, it's gone, you know, in the past three years, we've basically doubled in size in regard to revenue over three years in a row. That's and so great. it's just been, wah, but very exciting and wonderful things. Teresa, you're the female Joshua. I'm just saying. <laughs> this, it's, That's very wait, true. A lot of I times I will message Josh when I'm feeling like a little overwhelmed and I'm like, he does this too. We both do this. We don't sleep much. We probably cry alone on our own sometimes. I feel like <laughs> I actually have said that when I've talked about you in circles before. Like she's like the female me. Yes. And like just very positive and excited and loving what we do. But so many different yeah. things all the time. Well, and we started the same way. We didn't have a plan when we started either. I mean, it was a garage meeting. We started the choir, mm -hmm. just the choir. I was working full time. It was just a little passion project on the side. Yeah. And had no plan of what we were going to be today. So I think maybe some great organizations come out of I no think plan. so too. You, you know, went on your instincts. You knew that there was a road that needed to be paved, and you just paved it as you went with what you your calling. It's a boldness and a confidence that I think I I try and encourage my peers and my colleagues. If you have the the impulse to do this thing, you're you're wanting to do that. Don't be afraid to just jump mm -hmm. and go for it. You never know what's out there. Absolutely. I think some of the most wonderful things happen that way. Well, you've met people. I know Joshua has met people along the way that have become his friends and that Absolutely. have supported him. I'm sure you have too. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, I both of these children who are here with me today, <laughs> they I would not have met them were it not for this organization. I mean, Keith ended up doing our first show. Keith then later on down the road directed one of our shows brought Sean on to help with um, with stage managing and, and all of that, I would not even have them in my life. And I mean, um, I'm so close with both of them. Sean lived with me for a little while, and I wouldn't even know them if it and wasn't. It was, it's true. <laughs> Sean slept with Sean, both of us. Not, who have you not lived with, Sean? That's, maybe that's the question. I think so that's a longer list. Uh, so, Sean, you're the technical director of the organization. What does that mean? What is your role? Okay, so um, basically what it means is um, I take ideas that Teresa has and I say, no. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's what we I do, do Sean. That. I say, that's not plausible. That's we cannot get a giant 30-foot TV screen. It's not in the budget. A $10,000 projector. <laughs> right, oh, I know. That's true. Basically, I take um, any, any kind of event that we do, whether or not it's a recital, um, a children's um, summer camp event, anything like that, um, usually I staff it um, and work out any kinds of um, lighting, scenic, and um, audio needs for it. Um, and then traditionally run it um, in little wacky, zany, you know, um, ways because often, you know, we don't have a home. So mm -hmm. we have, we're, we're in a whole bunch of other different places. Um, but it's really awesome because it's just one of those uh, ways that you can adapt in whatever space that you're in. Um, like we just were working on the Merry Widow. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a traveling show. Um, so we were at the Orlando Rep for a little while, and then we went out to uh, Melbourne and Vero, um, all three different places with um, three different size venues, working on three different lighting systems, 
and it was a challenge, but it was wonderful just to see how all those things ended up. And that's really what I love about, you know, being the technical director of this organization is just being able to learn and to adapt and all these wonderful things. Yeah. So you do lighting and audio and set design and all of the above? I do. I do. And how did you learn all of that? Well, I actually grew up in, you know, the technical theater world. My parents actually met in a production of Biloxi Blues mm. um, down at the Lake Worth Playhouse. And um, so I've, I've always been around it. Later on, you know, um, my mother worked for companies such as uh, Production Resource Group, Barbizon, Technolux, all these other organizations. And so I, I really got to see it all firsthand mm -hmm. um, throughout my entire life. And so I, I tried performing for a little while and, and I enjoyed it and I still do today, but I really found my niche in, in stage management and the technical side of things just because, you know, it's where I come from. Mm -hmm. And I yet you that. light up like an actor. When he talks, he mm -hmm. just has this vivaciousness about him. So. Well, thank you so much. I think it's really, uh, you know, if, uh, and I say this very often, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then, then you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to work with Teresa and Keith and the rest of our team all the time, it's, I, I can't imagine having better friends. I can't imagine being a happier person. You know, I, I, I'm fulfilled. So mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's a great testimony to you too, Teresa. So Keith, you're the director of development. You're the one who gets to raise all the money, right? <laughs> a little bit of that. Um, it's a lot of helping Teresa out with whatever she needs, whatever the other officers need, uh, making connections. Like uh, one of my favorite events that we do is our co cocktails and carols in December in Winter Park, and uh, I made, helped make a connection with our other group who were uh, raising money for the Second Hardest Food Bank, because I do a lot of work with them on the side. Um, I did the website, mm -hmm. uh, wow, to throw ideas made... over at Teresa and say, hey, let's do this. <laughs> you did the website, that's major. Yes. I, I do websites for, for well, quote unquote, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Web making websites is art, right? It, it, it absolutely is. is. It's also a pain, but it's the it's art. <laughs> the art of websites. The yeah, art yeah. of websites. I love that. So you're kind of you kind of function really in a community relations type aspect as well, right? You're connecting all of these partners and organizations to Central Florida Vocal Arts. I also have a lot of like project management kind of background to mm -hmm. me. Um, I design online graduate courses for a living, so I'm working all the time to keep schedules going, keep uh, tasks running. Um, so actually, speaking of that, uh, you mentioned arts earlier, and uh, one of the courses I made was called A Taste of the Arts. Mm. And uh, we started with, the instructor just wanted to include dance, music, visual art, and then we started thinking about all the other kinds of arts, like culinary arts and oh, martial yeah. arts. And now I wish I'd included conversation in that course. Yeah, that would see, be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's speaking awesome. of conversation, we're going to have a lot more of it when we come back in just a few moments. And we're so glad you're here. Thank you, listeners. Don't go away. We're From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with my astute, sagacious, and erudite co-host Joshua Vickery, and we're very excited today to be uh, represented. We're representing uh, Central Florida Vocal Arts with uh, Keith Newhouse, Director of Development, Sean Duncan, Technical Director, and of course, we couldn't be here without their Chief Executive Director, Teresa Smith Levin. Welcome to the three of you. Thank you for being back. Oh, so happy to be here. While you were all speaking earlier, I jotted down one of my favorite quotes that I just read last night again, and I, I love it. I want to 
It reminds me of what we were talking about. He who walks confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life he has imagined will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. That's the row. But there was something that you were saying about... I love that. Yeah, Can beautiful. you say that again? Sure. It reminded me of your two story, how you yeah. went towards your vision. And then I want it. He mm-hmm. who walks confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life that he has imagined will meet with a success unexpectedly in uncommon hours. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thoreau said that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Weird story about that quote. Please do. I uh, was chorus president when I was in high school, and that was how I concluded my uh, my chorus president speech, was <laughs> with that quote. <laughs> I love that. Of course you did. <laughs> yes, yes. It's often shorted to uh, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you have imagined. imagined. Yes. Yes, you'll see that I, Thoreau. I th- and, but I yes. just love the rest of that. The whole thing. It's beautiful. There's something kind of special about it that, and in uncommon hours. Yes. In, in other words, you're being fed by something other than the end, but at but in the middle of it, your dream is there. Right, and you can't always plan for it. You have to take it as it comes and, and embrace those opportunities as they present themselves. And that's what creating's like. Mm-hmm. When you're in the middle of, of creating something, uh, I watch Jason with some of his drawings. Sometimes something unexpected will happen and it'll take him to where he's completed it, the the feelings there, but it wasn't what he thought it would be. And maybe you feel that way with your organizations Mm -hmm. or with any art. We've been talking about art. 100%. One of the things that I have learned as this organization grows, um, because I can be a little bit of a control freak, and and I think I have (laughs) a little bit. What? No. No. I can. But I've gotten to the point where I can, like, people come to me with different ideas that I did not sort of see it going in that direction. And I go, Interesting. Let's right. let's give it a shot. And, and taking on these different projects, these different opportunities that I had never imagined mm-hmm. in the first place. But you know what? Why why not? Why not do that? We can do that right now. And and embracing those when they present themselves, because I, I think they're there for a reason. I think that the universe puts people in your path for a reason, and you have to listen to what what is coming to you. And mm. I think that mindset is actually really representative of the fact that, like, I don't think you can walk around anywhere in the arts community in Orlando and hear a bad word about Teresa. Mm. Just because, well, you know, when you're so willing and to work with everybody and to do all of these things, it's, you know, uh, very held very highly. Um, all the time by everybody, I think. That's and wonderful for you to hear that from someone who works so closely with Aww. you and for you. That's a beautiful yeah, thing. Totally agree. And and both of you guys are volunteers as officers and the work that you do. And I think we were just saying over the break that the passion and the energy is really contagious from you guys. And I think that speaks volumes about the culture that you've created in this organization where it does allow you to do the things that you love outside of your and escape kind of the normal day to day of things that you might be doing as as a job or whatever it may be. So I think kudos to all of you that mm-hmm. you've created a family like that. Absolutely. Well, and we do get paid in food as well as alcohol. <laughs> but I thought about it as well. We get paid in appreciation. At the end of every meeting, Teresa makes sure we have an appreciation circle where we basically tell each other how much we love each other. Yes. She does. The length, the length sometimes changes. Sometimes it's, okay, it's 1045, guys. I haven't had dinner. I appreciate you all. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, other times we'll sit there for 45 minutes, you know, after a meeting is done, just to, you know, let everybody know, you know, what whatever has been done this week or this month or, you know, however long it's been, that they're appreciated and that they matter and that this is stood out. And I think it's just lovely. No matter how bad your day is, we all love each other and we're all there for each other. 100%. I think that, 
when you're working with other artists and, and everybody who's on our team is other artists, which is a great thing, but it's also going to be a place where sometimes you have different visions. Sure. And so there's Definitely. going to be times where you don't always agree on, on something that you want. And so because of that, I think it's so important that at the end of the day, you come back and you say, I know we disagree on this, but I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're bringing to the table here. And I'm so excited to see how this all plays out. Mm. That's wonderful. It balances it out. You mm -hmm. might not agree on a thing, but in terms of how you feel and your commitment to that person, that still lives. You appreciate their artistry. You appreciate them as a human being. You appreciate the time and talent that they're willing to bring to the table for you. And I think that's important, especially because a lot of the time, you know, you can see where something, you know, professional and something personal gets muddled together and then animosity gets created. And I don't feel that at all. I mean, uh, all the team is wonderful. Um, you know, I could disagree with something that, you know, Keith thought or that Teresa thought or anybody else thought from, you know, a professional level. But then, you know, afterwards, you know, we'll have a glass of wine or, you know, we'll watch a movie and we'll yeah, have a great time. All will be time. forgotten. Exactly. <laughs> you know, for any of our listeners out there, if you are managers or even if you're not a manager, even if you're just someone that has the ear of coworkers, that's not a bad idea to implement in your culture wherever you work. Even And just... just without it even being a, a, a major thing, but to be able to acknowledge someone for what they do and do well and what you appreciate about them goes a long way. I like the idea of appreciation circle. I think that's mm -hmm. so fun. We do something in our organization, and I don't know if you know, you know Rob Lott. Mm -hmm. Some of you might know Rob Lott, but we have, before every staff meeting, we have leadership thoughts with Rob, <laughs> and we just talk <laughs> about openly and candidly the things that are detrimental to teams hmm. when it comes to gossip or not being candid about things or whatever it may be, and we... we we talk about it openly and we get it out all out there so that we aren't afraid to face those things if they come because every team's going to have those things. Of course. So if you're already talking about it and living in it, you're not afraid to, to have it. And yeah. so it makes the appreciation even more genuine and more real. So I, I love the appreciation circle, though. I might steal it. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, Go we appreciate, but we don't call the appreciation. I like the idea of really sitting down and being intentional about the appreciation. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So uh, let's just talk a little bit more about Central Florida Vocal Arts as an organization. So you have the Orlando Light Opera that's a part of it. You'll have Bells and Bows. You have mm -hmm. the Summer Institute. Mm -hmm. you, you know, when you started this, you're like, okay, I'm just creating, helping Claremont get through this production. Mm -hmm. But now that you're in the midst of it, what is what is the mission? What does it boil down to for you? I, I feel so blessed that uh, Nisha, who's the artistic director, and myself had the opportunity about two and a half years ago to take a course at UCF, a capacity building course. And we got it through a grant that we received. And what it made us do was sit down and synthesize what are we doing and why are we doing it and where do we see ourselves going? Because like I said, I didn't have this plan. And so all of a sudden now I was in this class and I do really well with school. I liked school. I I'm very much an academic, and so this was great for me to say, like, okay, here's my homework. I have to turn in this project. And so sitting down and, and coming through the mission. And so um, Central Florida Vocal Arts is a music advocacy organization, and we have two different foci, which is on, first of all, our youth programs. And they sort of, um, it's, a, it's a life cycle that we're creating in the community where we are training youth in classical vocal styles. And through that training, they become both artists as well as um, audience members for artists. And that creates a life cycle here in our community for classical vocal arts. Meanwhile, we're also creating innovative productions that appeal to, um, to audiences that maybe aren't a traditional opera audience and can introduce them to opera in a way that is approachable um, and, and not scary 
to, mm -hmm. to put it bluntly, a way that they feel like they understand and can be a part of it and participate in it. And then those productions also help us to provide the scholarships that then come back into the youth program. And so through this, we're creating a sustainable life cycle here in our community for classical vocal arts. I love, I love that. that. Sustainable so, life cycle for the cultural <laughs> arts. I think she has pitched this a few times. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, but when you talk about um, class, you, you introduce other genres of more contemporary mm -hmm. form, but really at the heart of it, you're trying to preserve and make accessible classical training and classical music, right? Absolutely. You know, I am 31 years old. I'm having my first baby right now. and Not um, like right now, but... But, but like, we might. <laughs> like, I mean, who you knows? Are nine months pregnant. We didn't joke about we that. We might. <laughs> um, so I'm I got your back. Yes, thank you. Um, so we're having, we're doing all these things, and my, some of my very best friends are um, artists, but not in in the traditional sense of the word. And so as a result, I really wanted to find a way that I was going to create art that people who weren't necessarily classical vocal artists, that weren't opera singers still enjoyed this and could be exposed to this and fall in love with this in a new way. And so that's when we started doing the fusion shows. And Nisha, the artistic director, is absolutely the creative force behind this. I am not really great at that component mm. of it. So she is awesome in that she will work on these scripts. She puts together these shows and does all these things. We have a, a creative committee and then the officers also collaborate on that. And so I always think of um, the show that Keith directed, which was called The Quest. And so the storyline was the storyline of Mozart's The Magic Flute. Mm. And it incorporated music from The Magic Flute. It also had one of the acts that ended with Creep by Radiohead sounding in a classical <laughs> style. And that's the kind of thing that we do is something unexpected. And but somebody people go, oh my gosh, I know this song. Mm -hmm. And and immediately feel a part of the art and, and have this exposure that they would otherwise never have. So uh, you know, that's part of why we started this and, and what I think is very interesting and cool and different about what we do. I knew nothing about opera before starting with Central Florida Vocal Arts uh, five years ago now, six years oh my almost. Gosh. Oh my yep. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I saw an audition uh, notice on Facebook, I messaged Teresa about it. She wrote me back and uh, she asked me to sing for her. So I said, well, what do you want me to sing? She goes, well, you're on your way to work now. Can you just sing something in your car? I really want to hear you sing something. So I just sang in my car. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Now. Oh, it was uh, Shiksa Goddess. Oh, yeah, so I was a musical theater major before that. Um, so I sang Shiksa Goddess in my car, sent her the the audio file, and did my first show. We was P3, which was Pirates, Puccini, and Pinafore. Pinafore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and it was just four different scenes that started with a musical, uh, started with an opera song normally, mm -hmm. and then moved into some musical theater. And uh, we did Choose Your Own Adventure theme to it, where each scene, the audience would decide what would happen at the end of the scene. And how do you do that? That just <laughs> blows me away. Like, Because in a show, for me, everything has to be perfect. I have to know where we're going. So how do you do a Choose Your Own Adventure? With a lot of stress. <laughs> 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 Especially on the tech end. It is a lot <laughs> on the really. tech end. A, a lot of wine, right? Is yeah, that, okay. <laughs> plenty. Uh, we, we usually have a narrator who will ask the audience, do you want to see this or do you want to see that? The audience will, and we start with cards in the pro program. We had a red card and a blue card, mm -hmm. and the audience would hold them up. But then it turned into clapping. Whoever clapped the loudest we got We figured we could actually just ask them. Yeah. One day when we have a much larger budget, I would like to do digital voting from phones. But <laughs> <laughs> Also something that I've mentioned before, just FYI. Because if you watch Smash, it's happened in season two, and That's I want to make it happen it in real life. Happen. But we need that $10,000 projector for that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you basically have like two shows ready to rock and roll. 
And, and when I say two, it, it's really not just two. It's it's kind 16? of like exactly. It's, it's <laughs> like those Mad Lib books where you choose. Right. Oh, now skip to this page ninety four if you want this to happen. So they can go off all in these different sort of things. And so one of the things that I take pride in, and Sean alluded to it before, is this idea of having to become better as a result of what you're doing. So this is sort of like on the job training in a way. We have these singers who who you can't go into autopilot because you don't know what's about to happen. It's, is it going to be your scene or is it going to be a different scene? As I'm listening you to know. being an improviser, it's just like doing an improv, like what do you want to see next? And right. then you just make it up, although you have it written, but you're still scrambling and you still have to somehow draw that through line. Yes. Uh, I think my favorite example we had was uh, we did Roger and Mimi from Rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, we called it La Boheme at that point, but it was Roger and Mimi and uh, Roger sang your eyes and the audience decided whether Mimi lived or died. Mm-hmm. So if Mimi lived, we sang the next 10 minutes from, uh, next 10 minutes from the last five years. If mm-hmm. she died, we sang uh, My Friends where uh, Sweeney Todd was singing to oh. um, <laughs> something <laughs> that would take his life mm-hmm. in the end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have it where one person saw one thing and one person thought they had the other and then <laughs> one time? Okay. One time, and it's still something that is talked about regularly at officer meetings. <laughs> One time, and so the person who is the uh, the host or or the narrator has an extreme amount of responsibility because if they're the person working with the audience, and let's say the actors for the next scene are off stage, they have to interpret what the audience has said, call it loudly enough for the actors to know that they're about to come back on. He basically miscalled, and so the it was not they were not ready to go mm. and then they they thought it was each other's fault and it was a thing backstage so yes that can't happen but it's only happened one time in five years <laughs> and so that's the good news um but you know you get that one out of the way i always say it's but okay to make mistakes makes and then you learn. you're and absolutely and right. that's why the audience comes to that particular version because right. it's fun right mm-hmm. you don't ever quite know what might happen everybody gets a different show <laughs> just like here just and like keith i never um i was never a part of anything in, in opera and um Funny enough, I uh, I think it was, in in the same sense, I think my biggest takeaway was probably um, going from the song that goes like this into the Papagena duet, um, <laughs> in which I had I had no idea what was going on, but it's just one of those things where it's very influential and you you jump in and and you know you you learn you learn to appreciate it you learn to see it. I love that. Well, that's theater for us. Uh, we're going to be right back in just a few moments here on From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. Don't go away, listeners, because it's only going to get better. And welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery. And we're very excited with this conversation that's continuing with the leadership of Central Florida Vocal Arts. Um, I had a question I mentioned to you during the break and you said, yeah, let's go with that one. So I'm going to ask the three of you, how does art make a difference in our society? And let's start with you. Absolutely. So uh, the thing that I always think of when I get this question, I think it's an important question, is I think right after the Pulse shooting, and I think about the Beautiful Together tribute concert that Josh put together and emailed all of us. And in a time where we as artists were feeling very confused and very overwhelmed and sort of helpless as to what do we do in the face of this awful thing that happened, um, we got together and we shared what we could 
to make a difference and to fundraise to make a difference. You know, bringing our talents to the table and and showing that that the world is a beautiful place in spite of the horrific things that may sometimes happen. And that stuck with me for the rest of the summer when we were doing our summer institutes, when we were doing uh, Student Prince Throw Land Delight Opera, that we can have a human experience here together in this theater that touches you and makes you a better person. I feel like children who engage in art and engage in stories and engage in understanding one another are not students who want to do harm to one another. And if we could all have a little bit more compassionate kindness attitude, I think that the world could be a really wonderful, even more beautiful place than it already is. Mm, that's a beautiful answer. Thank you. Thank you. It really is. I, I'm, I'm digesting it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of our guests have I've gone back to that moment when they've talked about yeah. Pulse and how the arts made a difference. Yeah, well, because it really does bring a community together like nothing else. I mean, I remember uh, just like it was yesterday, you know, both of our mayors coming up to me after that and saying, this is the first time I've had a chance to be quiet and breathe mm -hmm. and a respite in 12 days. And the arts did do that. You know, they, they allow you to escape for a moment and they allow you to feel mm -hmm. and it's they allow cathartic. you to connect in a different mm -hmm. way. Yeah. To deal with with your reality. You know, I just got off of this fringe tour in Indianapolis and um, I was doing a show that I did not write. But my tour partner, Paris Creighton, he uh, was being produced by Beth Marshall Presents and he wrote hoodies, uh, the Trayvon Martin Project, some different wonderful things down mm -hmm. here. And his story, Spare the Rod, and is his personal story going through physical abuse and violence and coming out the other side and, and deciding to be an actor and to be an artist and a writer. And I think that the arts are extremely cathartic in that way, that we can deal with whatever it is that we might be going through because so often people are not dealing with what they're going through. And when mm. you don't, that's when these awful sort of things happen when we don't relate to one another, when we can't experience empathy and compassion because we're too wrapped up in our own pain. Whereas if you are on stage sharing your truth, creating art, you are going to be a much more emotionally open and, and ideally healthy person mm -hmm. who is then able to help other people and, and be an empathetic contributing member of society. Mm. And it all goes back to exactly what we started the, the whole show about with the question of being able to express yourself. Right. If you're able and comfortable to express whatever it is that you're going through, then you you can you have those outlets then, like you just said. To I think live it's your beautiful. Truth. Yeah, to live your truth. Sean, what do you think? Well, I think to to add on to what you said, um I I've always felt that the arts, you know, they're so pivotal in the sense that, you know, you go to see comedy, you know, to escape with what's going on in your life. And you go to see drama to, you know, come to terms with what's going on in your life. And I, I think it's, like Teresa said, a fantastic way to relate. Um, you know, you create these connections with all of these people that uh, if you were walking down the street, you'd have no business knowing. Um, and you get to know them and you get to know their story and you get to create something with them mm -hmm. out of absolutely nothing. And, and I think that's gorgeous. I mean, other than the fact that I literally exist because of the arts, I think that it's it's beautiful that I get to, you know, work with these people every single day and, you know, create these relationships, create these understandings. You know, um, I'm going to reference uh, that song Freak Flag from Shrek. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's a very iconic song about, you know, coming to terms with who you are and, and, and everything in the musical theater world. And, you know, it, it really is. It's, it's a place where you can be yourself and, I think so often people feel like, you know, they don't bring something to the table. Mm. You know, they're wandering and they don't know. And I think that 
and heck, I've fallen victim to it myself. And it's just one of these, this is one of these places where, you know, you can be whoever you are and it's enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the human experience. It really is. You know, we're not alone. We all have all those emotions and those moments where we feel like we are alone. And that's what makes us human. But when you go to see a piece of art that, that almost gives you permission to say, oh, I'm okay. Um, right. That's what the beauty of it is. We're connected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Keith, what do you think? It just brings happiness everywhere. Um, I mean, I tap dance around my office to try to make my coworkers happy. <laughs> I, I serious, I'm an awful tap dancer person, but I seriously <laughs> running around my office going, that's, 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 that's. Um, but going back to Beautiful Together, um, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about that, uh, I, I told you earlier, I work with Second Harvest Food Bank a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when Pulse happened, my first instinct was to contact them and say, what can I do to help? And the person that I was talking to from there, who's a friend of mine, said, I don't know because we don't know what to do. So when they found out that we were doing the Beautiful Together concert, um, all the performers in the concert received meals. And I don't know if they all know it, but they came from Second Harvest Food Bank because they found out that my husband and I were doing the concert and they said, we want to help and this is how we can help. Well, it's beautiful that you say that because they contacted me and asked me, could they provide these meals? And so now I know where that came from. Wow. And <laughs> it took amazing. till today. It took till today to know that. They're but yeah, an incredible I was the one group. who worked all that out with them. But they they approached us. Maureen and, uh, and Sasha and Greg and Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually, um, oh, I, she, uh, she's like overdeveloped, not development. She does the, um, the nights. Oh, what's her name? Okay. It'll hit me in a minute. <laughs> she was lovely. And she's the one who approached us about it. Um, but yeah, that was such a neat way. Again, coming together as a community. Culinary arts. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they said, you know, we, you guys are doing this and putting this on. We want to support you. You would think that we would be supporting Second Harvest. Yes, but they yes. came and said, we want to feed everybody in the cast. And there was over 300 people, you know, that were just in the show, in the concert, and then all the cast and everybody. And so, yeah, it was beautiful. That's I love that. Wonderful. And because of the arts, we found this out. These connections. Yes. I think that that's what it comes back to is. The arts connect people. Mm -hmm. They connect people to one another who they're in the cast with. They connect organizations to one another. They also connect people in the audience to the people sitting next to them in the audience and the people on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think the arts also remind us that we are more alike than different. Yes, you find yourself in others and others in yourself. Mm -hmm. Tell us about, uh, because we don't want to run out of time, so tell us about the upcoming season. Yes. How we can connect to that. Well, we have some wonderful Uh, things going on. You know, we just closed uh, The Merry Widow with Orlando Light Opera. And even though that was a pre-existing show, we can't just do it regular. So, you know, we rewrote the whole, we took the German, and then my lovely mother-in-law she uh, tr- she translated the whole thing from German into English. Oh. Then Eric Pinder took it and helped rewrite it to make it make sense. And then we set it in 2005 Silicon Valley. So <laughs> we, we can't just do anything regular. So everything we do has a spin on it. Um, we just finished that. We're going into our production of, we're calling it Double Jeopardy. And what it is is two one-act operettas. The first is Trial of B.B. Wolf, which is uh, composed by a local composer based in St. Augustine, Kurt Tucker. And it basically, um, the Big Bad Wolf is on trial for his crimes against uh, Red Riding Hood and Three Little Pigs. And the audience becomes jury in that. And so even though it has sort of a farcical storyline, 
It um, It is an adult operetta. It's very, very cool and interesting. We take an intermission, then we come back and do Gilbert and Sullivan's Trial by Jury. So two courtroom dramas that are wow. paired together. So we're calling that Double Jeopardy. That's going to be uh, November 10th through the 19th. And that's going to be at the CFC Arts Black Box Yay! Theater. Yay! We're so excited about it. Synchronicity. Yes, so that's exciting. You. So if people want to get tickets, where how do they do? We will have that on our website at cflvocalarts.com. I'll also probably put it on the Orlando Light Opera site. I'll put it everywhere. I like people to be able to find tickets easily and readily. And do you have a Facebook page too? We do. Absolutely. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. Um, I was sitting with our uh, marketing person yesterday and I was like, the Snapchat thing that all the young ones are doing. Um, <laughs> do we need yeah. one of those? And she was like, nah, you don't need a Snapchat. So we're not on there, but everywhere else we have. And if you still have problems, contact us directly on Facebook. Yes, exactly. Yes. You can find us we on Facebook, friends. on, <laughs> on a website, well, all if, that. if ever, they could just always Google search you to find out Absolutely. how to get in touch, right? Absolutely. Okay. Central yes. Florida Vocal Arts. There and what know. if people want to audition for a show or well, get involved artistically? How would they do that? We are having those auditions uh, next week, which will be September 12th, 13th, and 14th. So that'll be, um, th those will be at uh, the Women's Club of Winter Park. And you would email cflvocalarts at gmail.com to request an audition for that. Oh, perfect. And, and what, are honest, the what are the might times? air after that. Will this no, this uh, airs on September the 10th. Perfect. So perfect. it's perfect. Yep. And so it should be that, that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after this show. Excellent. So that'll be fun and exciting. And we are always looking for new talent. One of the things when we started this organization that we felt very strongly about is we wanted to embrace new people. We wanted to make new friends. We are always looking to cast new people on stage. So unlike um, some things where people feel that they're they're not part of the clique, they're left out, no, please come audition for us. We want you to be a part um, and find a home with us. And, and so, even if it's someone's first audition, it's okay to come? That is okay. You know, auditions are learning experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the skill of auditioning is a skill that has to be developed. So your first few auditions, my first few auditions, they were not so great. They're supposed you have, to be not great. Yes, you have to crash and burn a couple times before you learn to fly. So um, absolutely, it's a safe place. We embrace new talent and, you know, we find beauty in, in every performer. And I think everyone mm. has a little performer in them. So not only does she embrace them, but I actually a very good friend of mine actually auditioned with us um, once. You know, it was it was her first big audition in a while. And um, not not only do we appreciate it, um, she had requested for um, like a response on, you know, constructive criticism, what to do better. Um, and a lot of people actually don't respond to those at all. And this one right over here, Teresa, was the first to respond with constructive, okay, this is what you could do a little bit better, things like mm. that. It's all about just, you know, cultivating all of these artists and, you know, helping them out. And, yeah. It's beautiful. Finding the greatest potential in people. I yes. love that. Uh, yeah, so if tell moms and dads how their kids can get involved. Oh, moms and dads. I love, <laughs> I, I, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about about, you know, arts is that children inspire adult artists on a regular basis. Uh, all the and time. so my, Keith's favorite day of the year, <laughs> favorite day of the year is our, our Summer Institute aud scholarship auditions, where these children who, who need scholarship in order to be able to pursue the arts come in and audition for us. And Keith, I think, cancels like trips out of town sometimes to be there. He <laughs> loves do. it. But the moral of the story is we want any child who is looking for training to have the opportunity to become an artist, to experience singing, um, music making in that way. So we do have a year-round institute that we run that is new in 2017 um, that students can come to us for voice lessons. Um, we also hope to launch group classes in the future. We are also going to be launching what we're calling intensives, so winter break intensives, spring break intensives, modeled after our very successful summer institutes. They will be three-day sessions where we put together smaller productions, but students 
who otherwise may not have arts exposure in school are able to come to us and have that training and put together an original piece in that time. So all of that information will also be on the website as well for students to find and learn more about those opportunities. Um, what ages are those? For our summer institute, we start at age six and we go to age 18. Mm. Um, I would, I think for our intensives, it's probably going to be eight and up just because everybody will be together. And so some of the little ones, I love them, but they just need a little bit more hands-on. And so probably eight and up for our intensive institutes. And they can find all that on the website, centralfloridavocalarts.com. Yes. Correct. One last thing. we were, As you know, we're really short on time, but yes. I want to make sure that you let people know what you need. Do you need volunteers? Do you always. need donations? Always. How always, can they do always. this? Um, please check out the website. There is a donate button on there. There's also a contact us button. I firmly believe, as we keep coming back to in this interview, that everybody has something special they bring to the table as a leader, as a board member, as a volunteer, as a performer, as a donor. There are so many opportunities. And one of the things that I can assure people of is every person, every talent that comes to the table, we will make great use of. Mm. So please reach out if this is something that you are also passionate about because this is a home and there is a place for you. And I'm so glad your place was with us today, Teresa. Oh, thank, thank you. you. All three of you were fabulous guests. Thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, thank you to all us. three of you. Absolutely. Mary, what a great conversation. Oh, my goodness. Central Fantastic. Florida Vocal Arts. Go and check more about a hidden gem in our <laughs> community for sure. So we'll see you next week on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart.